Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We are progressing through this chapter. Remember again that we're dealing with these things topically. I want to look at things and, and apply those things to our life. I'm, I'm not doing a Bible study, um, you know, where people just race through a book of the Bible in one lesson, you know, and, and you learn nothing really. Let me begin reading in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. The Apostle John writes there, he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Now we're going to be looking at all of that in great detail. He says it's not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now I want you to notice something that everything that the Apostle John says in verses 15 and 16 is because the world is passing away. He says, don't love the world, don't love the things in the world. It's all passing away. First of all, I want to um, quote William MacDonald, because he helps define what the world is. And he says that the world here is not the planet on which we live, or the natural creation about us. Rather, it is the system which man has built up in an effort to make himself happy without Christ. Now that's really key. Amen. Because remember I, told, I said to you before, if, you know, if we're talking about everything in the world, then we're in the world. And the church is in the world. Although we're not of the world. Amen. You all understand. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Now the system that, that they're talking about, we know this to be the Babylonian system that will one day be done away with. Now, that's brought out in Revelation chapter 14 when the Apostle John... Notice, remember again, I said that I'm coming at this from a different angle. I, I couldn't um, look at this aspect of uh, John's writings in Revelation for spiritual growth because it was a little section that kind of stood out a little bit and it was just talking about growth in Christ. But I want, I want to get back to... Um, the way that this actually relates to Revelation and the things that John saw there. Because I truly believe the reason that he wrote his gospel and epistles were because of the things that he saw in heaven. And that's the reason why he, he, he thought it important to have another gospel on top of the other three. You know, there was three already. Amen? And we also understand that those three are different to this one. This one is different to those three. They are called synoptic gospels. They see the same. okay. But this gospel stands out apart from them. And I truly believe the reason is because John saw all the things he did in heaven, I truly believe he really wanted to come down here and, and share that wisdom with us in some way so that we understood. Remember again, he's the one that nobody could kill. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. So, you know, I think we should pay attention to what this man says. The Apostle John witnessed the future destruction of this Babylonian system firsthand in heaven. And he writes in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8, And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, I mean Revelation 14, 8, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And as to its final end, and I want to read this as well before I comment, the Apostle John witnessed that as well and wrote in Revelation chapter 18 and verse 21, Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus 
With violence, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. I think that would have made an impact on me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really, you know, we're reading this, but he saw this. You know, you, you can just imagine when he says a great angel, God only knows how big that thing was, how mighty he was, and what he flung. <laughs> you know, if, if, if we had a Marvel movie, this would do well. In fact, I think they'd be struggling with this one. Amen. See, you know, we, we just really, I think we miss so much in just reading words on a page. We miss the experience that he had. He was there. He was standing there. He was feeling and watching and being shocked by the things that were going on. And I, I sincerely believe with all of my heart, he saw this great system that had been just ruling the world for, for just thousands of years that seemed indestructible. That seemed like it was the, the final you know, statement on everything. It just had the final say. If it said you couldn't do that, you couldn't do it. Do you hear what I'm saying? And the whole world believes that system, is under that system, is following that system, is a slave to that system. And that's the reason why God wants us to separate ourselves from that system. The way you separate yourself from that system is don't love it. <laughs> okay? Don't fall in love with it. Or any of the things in it because it enslaves you and makes you start to work for things. When God said the only work that you are meant to be doing is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the stuff everybody else is working for, that stuff will be added to you. Are you, are you all with me? Amen? See, <clears throat> work came in it's, it's good for us to work. Okay, let me just say that. Because it is true, idle hands. Okay? Alright. <laughs> okay. Alright. But we need to also understand that our work is meant to be as unto the Lord. Directed by Him. And He'll let you know how He wired you. See, we worry about that because we think, well... If I submit myself to the Lord, He's going to go ask me to go preach in Africa or someplace. And that's, that's, that, you know, that is as far as we can think. You know, if everybody was off in Africa, first it will be overpopulated. Okay. <laughs> okay. There would be, be nobody here. <laughs> Alright. And, you know, we need to eat. Somebody needs to grow that stuff. Somebody needs to make the little packets they're going to put them in. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, all of that stuff needs to be working. The thing that we need to understand is, when we submit ourselves to God, rather than this Babylonian system, what happens is God then lets us know what He created and designed for us to do. I truly believe He, you know, for example, He created Andrew to fly planes. Not to go to Africa and preach. I mean, He could go there, but it won't be to preach. <laughs> On safari, no, okay, and then, so he could fly his plane back and bring us all home safely. But the, you know, the, the thing was, the, but let's say that he didn't. I'm just speaking on him, okay. I always speak on him. All right, but let's just say, let's say that he didn't follow God. Let's say he was working, you know, uh, nothing against the public service. I used to work there, but let's say he was a public servant somewhere, you know, in some council, you know, stamping stamping documents and dreaming about flying. That's what God doesn't want. 
That's the system. Do you all understand what I'm trying to say? Now you're just going and doing something because you have to do it because you got to work to eat. Have you all noticed? They won't accept Philippians 4.19, you know, when you pay a check or when you pay your water bill. They want to see cash. Amen? (laughs) Okay? And so, this is the problem that we have. Instead of following after our destiny, and understand something. When you are walking in your destiny, it is challenging. Amen? And it will, you know, the reason is, God, you know, God has a whole different perspective on things than we do. You know, we think, oh God, if I can just reach this height, I'll be so thrilled. God goes, you just only want to go that far? What's wrong with you? (laughs) You know? Isn't greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world? Does that work for you? Are you all with me? See, we always think the opposite of the truth. We always think if we submit to God, he's going to take us and ask us to do the, 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 just the thing that we hate the most, that we really, I was going to use a word that's not good, that we really are not good at. Okay. <laughs> you know. And, 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 and that's the life you're going to live because it's a sacrificial life, you understand. And we miss the whole point of what sacrifice is about. Do you understand? Sacrifice isn't about you being underused and, and undervalued and everything else. Sacrifice is about taking that next step when you think you've gone the furthest you can. God says there's another step. And you go, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously, I don't think I've got anything left in me. He goes, yeah, I'm there. And I'm omni-everything. <laughs> okay? There's no ceiling on God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And so he's always looking to make us... See, that's why Jesus said that we were meant to be the light of the world. Not love the world. We were meant to be the light in it. Amen? <clears throat> and the way you are the light is... What makes you shine? When you do better than everybody else. Have you all noticed? That's what makes you shine. When you excel at things. You know, when you start without a proper education and you're almost at the place where you're running the company, that's the light. Amen. That's God working in you. That's when that means something. Are you all with me? And you know, not to take away from anything that you've done in your life, but I'm just I'm trying to give you something. I'm trying to show you something that this is what God wants. And He's saying the place you begin all of this is don't love the world. You love me, and I will I will take you through the world, keep you separate from it, therefore you can rise above it, and it won't overcome you, you will overcome it. Are we all with yeah? Oh, oh good. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Let's move on. You got it. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, need, I really need you to understand. You know, the Apostle John saw how, you know, that this whole system is going to be cast into the sea. Amen. And it's not even going to exist any longer from a certain point onwards. So, you can understand why he comes down here and he says, don't link yourself to something that is going down. You know, that's like you strapping yourself to the Titanic. Don't. <laughs> okay, you know, don't strap yourself into something that is going to pass away. Amen. You strap yourself onto something that will last forever. Amen. That's the reason why, let me just go back. That's the reason why we'll look at all of this in more detail. But that's why he says in verse 17, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. Okay, all right. 
I am not going to go over the stuff that I went over last week. We talked about uh, the world in some detail. <clears throat> we, we talked about the fact that Satan was the god of this world and it was the world system again. Amen. And we also talked about uh, what James said. He says, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Now you understand why. Amen. Because that thing is passing away. It is against God. Not everything in the world is against God, but the system, that Babylonian system, is against God. Amen. And praise God if you're working for a company that is separate from that. There's a lot of companies that are not part of that system. But there are some things in this world, we all know, we know that they're just ripping us off. Can you okay, okay without saying anything? Okay. <laughs> you know there are things out there that are making billions and billions and billions and charging you fees everywhere. Can I just say that? That's that system. And you know, you, you know, there are people out there that are just struggling. And yet, you know, and, and these things that are saying, oh no, you know, we need that money. You have to pay that money. Then, then reveal, you know, a, a, a profit of, of 16 billion or 160 billion that year. And some little grandma can't, you know, has trouble getting through the week. That's the system we're talking about. That's the system we need to be separate from. And that is the wealth, listen, that has been laid up for the just. But we can't get it if we're trying to work and get it. But if we step out, something miraculous happens. You give and God takes it out and gives it back to you. Amen. <laughs> Amen? So every 10 bucks you give, God says, thank you. Extract $1,000 from the system and give it to him. That's the reason why, I'm not going to preach on this today, but that's the reason why the devil fights people tithing so much. Because it's a loss for him. You tithe down here, God will be, won't be a debtor to any person. If you give, and he has promised that if you give, you're going to get. Amen? And as soon as you give, he turns to the devil and says, come on, cough it up. And the devil goes, no, goes, cough it up or else. Okay. You know, when the or else comes in, he's got to, you know. And last time he or else, he got thrown to hell. We don't want that to happen twice. <laughs> don't think you can survive another one of those. Are you all with me? See, again, we miss all of this. And the problem is, you know, the church does it in such a way. I'm sorry I'm getting on to this for a minute, but let me just get on to this for a minute. The, the, the church does it in such a way, they, they kind of make you give because, feel sorry for us, we're going to go down, the lights won't come on next week. Oh, and, and, and you know, that's why the Bible says, don't give out of necessity or compulsion. God didn't love them. He loves a cheerful giver. Because it's a cheerful giver that he can then bless back. But if you're giving because, you know, bless God, if I don't give, you know, he won't shut up. You know? <laughs> okay? And the preacher just carries on for half an hour. Guess what? You are still in that system. That preacher is in that system. You're in the system. You're not going to get out of it. And so what's happening is the church is, listen, extracting money. From people. When they should be giving freely. And God is extracting money from the world. And giving it back to the church. You all getting this? Okay. I wasn't going to preach on that stuff today. 
There's a series coming one day. Anyway, let's get back to this. And let me continue on from where we left off. I think it was important for me to, to establish all of this because I, I, I didn't do this last time, last week. And I thought, oh, it was really important that we go back and look at where this is coming from. What John saw, because I believe that if we can just, even in the spirit, get a glimpse of what he saw, we will become like him and understand not to get attached to things down here. Are you all here? Because they are fleeting. Now, what does it mean, do not love the world or the things in the world? In addressing the love aspect of this verse, Simon J. Kissmarker writes, John issues a stern warning not to love the world. He says, do not love, not do not like the world. For the word love that John employs is the same term he uses in verse 10 where he speaks about the person who loves his brother. The love which he has in mind is that of attachment, listen, intimate fellowship, loyal devotion. Did you get all of that? Attachment, intimate fellowship, and loyal devotion. That is a dangerous thing to do if you're a Christian to the world. Yeah, there was a bad sentence. There was commas in there. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right. do you, you all understand what I said? Okay, if you're a Christian, you, you, you must not and cannot be attached to the world. Have intimate fellowship with them. Because intimate fellowship means you are sharing things from the very depths of your heart. And if you're doing that with the world, they're going to tell you you are dreaming, that's not going to work. And they are going to dissuade you. Persuade you out of all the things that God, through His Word, is saying, you can do this. I need you to do this. I will show myself strong in you if you just step out. And the world says, oh no, you can't, you know. There's no guarantees, man. You know, you need insurance. And, and, and you know, you need to walk the safe path. And if they tell you you can't do it, you know, the numbers don't lie. Hello. And they do all of that to just shut you down. The Bible didn't say we, we live by numbers. Amen. It says you walk by faith, not by sight. Now, it, it, it didn't say you walk by stupidness either. Okay. <laughs> Wishful thinking and faith are two different things. Please don't, don't go and say, Oh, pastor said, uh, you know, I, just, I can't be persuaded by this stuff. So I, I'm just going to go do something. And, and do something you decide to do, not something God asks you to do. I am talking to, to you about the things that God asks you to do. And you've backed off because the numbers don't work. Are you all with me? Do, do you know the difference? Amen. So we need to understand the difference there. And if you are led by the Spirit, then move. Do something. And ask God to confirm His word with signs following. Do you know you can ask that? I do that. If I'm going to step into something that's, that's fairly big in my life, I'll go check with Him. I'll just go and say, can you please confirm this with something? But what if you get fleeced? No, no, no. Okay, Gideon and his fleece, that's a whole different thing. Alright, this is different. When you are about to step out into something that you know, it will cost you a fair chunk of your life if you get, get it wrong. Are you all here? You can ask God to confirm His Word. Say, God, if you said this to me, then confirm it somehow. It will be incredible the way He'll confirm that. Or, He'll say, no, that wasn't me. That was the devil trying to trick you. And waste a part of your life. Amen? 
All right. So, <clears throat> back to this. Attachment, intimate fellowship, loyal devotion. See, that's what the world wants from you. See, the whole... How many people have heard this, that, you know, people, workplaces are looking for loyalty? You all here? You know, and the, the thing is, that's okay, except if it means that you have to, to, to um, break off your loyalty with God to be loyal to them. That's a problem. If ever it gets to the place where they're saying, oh, you know what, I know you've got Bible college, I know you've got church, I know you've got all that stuff happening, but you know, you really need to be here. Now that's okay for a bit here and there. There are times when, you know what, you can YouTube it. Okay, but not every week. You know what I'm trying to say? And you know, there might be seasons in your life where you need to do something. I understand that. And, but you need to understand that's a season, not a lifetime. Do you all get what I'm trying to say? And you need to decide all of that. And if you find that they are promising a season and it's becoming a lifetime, you need to go pray about it. Are you all here? Now, if you know that God has called you to something and that you know, He's doing something special, then stick with it. But you need to always have a peace in your heart about it. Where as soon as you lose that peace, go back and check. Because something is wrong now. You might have switched loyalties. Or about to. Do you all hear? Okay. That's dangerous. Because now you are starting to love the world. And the things in it. You are trying to prove yourself to the world. And the people in it. And you are losing more and more out. With what God said that he was going to do with your life. As you get more and more chained. To this system. To where after a while you won't be able to break away from it because you won't want to. It'll be, you'll be so used to doing things. So used to that security so to speak. And it's a false security. Hmm? Moving on. It is the love that God... Talking about the, when he says do not love the world. It is the love... Which God demands in the law when he says, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? If, if ever that love starts to go towards the world and away from God, then you need to readjust it. Are you all here? Amen. You know, just very quickly, I'm just thinking of the, the, the Good Samaritan, very quickly. It was really interesting that he took time out to help that person that was beaten up, left half dead. He didn't stop working. Remember he went to the inn. He paid the innkeeper. He says, I've got to go. This guy had a life. He was working. He was in the world, but he was not of the world. Are you all with me? So he was able to help this guy and say, I need to go to work. I'll be back. If you need me to pay any more to, for you to look after this guy... I'll do it, don't worry about it. Because I'm working. Are you all here? So he didn't let money dictate to him whether he was going to stop. Because obviously he had places to go. And he could have thought to himself, you know what, I, I can't get involved in this. I'm a busy person. Busy, busy, busy. Again, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, somebody else you know, that doesn't have a life can stop and look after this dude. 
I got a life, I got to get going. See you later, bye. Amen? Be that good Samaritan. Have a life. Be successful. And help people. Amen? <laughs> right. Okay. Abraham is probably one of the best examples of a person not loving the world or the things in the world. I want to read in Hebrews chapter 11, in verses 8 through 10, where it says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed, uh, obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. I mean, that takes faith. You know, we want to plan everything like six years ahead. Before we do anything, we want to know where we're going. We want to, okay? We want to know a lot of things. You know why? Because we, we, we're no longer walking by faith, a lot of us. We just walk by sight. We don't realize what that means. It, it, it means that we, you know, I guess in a sense we, we, we go, God, I'll trust you as far as my bank account says I can trust you. If I don't have the money, I ain't doing it. <laughs> okay? When God says, step out, you'll get it. But like I said again, okay, it has to be faith. It has to be God telling you those things. Not because you just want to be lazy and you want to just go out there and God just pours money on your head without doing anything for it. Hey, that's not how this thing works. You are still working, but you are working for God, not the system. Are you all here? Because this is what happens a lot of times. You know, people get super spiritual, you know what I'm trying to say? And then they're at home praying all the time. No, they're not. They're watching TV and doing other things. And only when you turn up at the door, they're praying. Are they gone? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know how I know this stuff? Because the, the, when we read the Old Testament, there were people there, man, priests and stuff, were doing very bad things. They look, forget the priests, the, the, the Pharisees and stuff. I mean, they look religious on the outside, but Jesus said that they're full of iniquities. Which means they're doing stuff. And, he said, and the other thing that he called them was you know, two-faced, you know. That they're one way here and another way somewhere else. Are you all with me? Anyway, okay. Back to this, back to this. Alright. Verse 9. And even when he reached the land, God promised him. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way. He lived there by faith. For he was like a stranger, living in a tent. And so did Isaac and Jacob, to whom God gave the same promise. Verse 10, Abraham did this because, listen, he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. Amen. You can see he wasn't loving the world or the things in it. He wasn't looking for a, for a place that was passing away. He was looking for a place that had eternal foundations. Amen? And see, you know, this is one of the key things that, that I think is, is a problem in the body of Christ. We are, we, we are so focused on trying to make a life for ourselves down here that we neglect the life that we are going to have forever. In favor of this one. And that's what John is saying. Don't favor this one over that one. Favor that one over this one. 
Are you all here? Because this is going to pass away. That is going to be forever. Whatever you do down here, remember Jesus said, whatever you do down here, you are laying up treasure in heaven. That's why when we, you know, receiving our tithes and offerings, I will talk to you about those three things. I'll talk to you about when you give down here, that the, the devourer is rebuked. I will talk to you about, Jesus said, if you give down here, that you will receive now in this life, 30, 60, 100 fold. Because Pete said, you know, what do we get out of this? Okay. And but on top of all of that, he also said, whenever you give down here, you, will, you are laying up for yourself treasure in heaven. I like he said, you are laying up for yourself your choice. Do you want to make an investment or not? You want to hang on to it all? Can I say this? Whatever you hang on to down here stays down here. That bag isn't going to follow you into heaven. Okay. <laughs> what you give down here turns up up there. Returning to 1 John 2.15, in his commentary... I. Howard Marshall further defines the word, the word love to mean the pleasure which the person hopes to get from the object of his love. To love in this sense is to be attracted by something and to want to enjoy it. The thought is of appetite and desire. Now Jesus describes this uh, type of individual as thorny ground. Remember? Mark chapter 4, let me just read uh, verses 18 and 19, the latter half of verse 18. He says, they are the ones who hear the word, and the cares, in verse 19, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. The desire for other things. Entering in, choke the word. And it, that's the word, becomes unfruitful. Do you, do you see this now? Are you beginning to see this? If whatever we, start, we love that is not God begins to take away from us. It causes us to lose what we have in God. We lose that channel that God will use to bless us. And we try to make our own way. Are you with me? Because the world promises all kinds of things. It will say, well, if you do this for, you know, 80 hours a day, then, you know, we will get you, we'll put you on a fast track to this, that, and everything else. Now, if God is behind that, and God is looking after you, and, you know, because you are just shining, and they're just seeing potential in you, and they're smart enough to know there's something different about you, we need to fast track this person up, because the further up they are, the bigger the light they are in this company, in this, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? If, okay, that, I'm, I'm, I understand that can happen. Okay, and if that's happening, well, praise God, you're in the right place. Stay there, okay? All right, but, but... On the other side, if they're saying, oh, we're gonna, we, they promise you this and that and everything else, and a year comes and two years comes and you're not getting anywhere and things are just getting worse, and you're becoming more and more a slave to something, and then you're becoming used to it, one more night with the frogs. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? That, that you know, you're, you're, almost at the, you're almost at the stage where you're, you're, you know, you're just devoted to it, and you can't find a way out of it. Because that's what happens you know, your heart gets attached to things. That's why it says, you know, you know how you hear this, people hate change? That's why. Because you get used to something, even if it's something bad. Notice that all these things are designed to hinder your spiritual growth. 
Let me finish with this. In his commentary, Colin G. Cruz says that love for the world is focused on the pleasure and gratification one hopes to receive from the world. Amen? One more thing. (laughs) One more thing. Okay. (laughs) Before we get all super spiritual, because I don't want to send you all home super spiritual today. All right. I. Howard Marshall points out, the desire for pleasure is not necessarily selfish and wrong. For example, he says, when I'm hungry, I need food. I want a meal. And eating, the eating of food produces a pleasure that is perfectly proper. There are, however, occasions when the satisfaction um, of my desire may be sinful. For example, a desire to murder somebody is clearly sinful. <laughs> you all here, okay? And he says, what I have to ask myself is whether my love for things and people is in fact sinful. You need to check with yourself. Amen? We'll stop there. Um, we'll pick this up next time. Let's start preaching on the other way. All right. <laughs> Let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you, Father.